0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 599, recorded live on June 2nd, 2019. And here are your hosts, the man who's got things to do today, Dave Pillay. Hey, and the man who was up early anyway, Andy Love. Hi. Isaac. No, actually, um well Isaac got up slightly before me, but I normally get up around uh nine anyway. I try and get up before nine thirty, no matter what. Mhm. Just so that you're you're not like, slipping into that habit again. Well, that, and you know, it just messes with my falling asleep later that night. If I, you know, get up too late, then everything kind of mm-hmm. gets pushed back a little bit. So I'm trying to, you know, <clears throat> keep everything reined in. Ah. So it's, you know, just a thing. But yeah, normally Isaac is normally up by nine anyway. But um, yeah, no, I'm 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 up, you know, in the mornings. Mm-hmm. The sky's awake, so I'm awake.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, the sky was awake at like 4.30 this morning. That's I know really? this because I-, I was up at 4:30 this morning because the well it's it's 5:30 for you right cuz you're we're not actually that far away from each other no um you're you're towards the western edge of your time zone and I'm towards the eastern edge of mine but the uh, mm-hmm. the birds were 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 out birds were definitely out yeah that, that uh uh
0: sunrise actual time 609 civil twilight 535 nautical twilight ended at 452
1: sunrise time according to this the sun was up at 520 in the morning but that is a lie <laughs> cuz well, there's there's, up- there's
0: there's there's four like levels of okay. Sunlight. That's why I said yeah. there's astronomical, there's nautical, there's civil, and then there's okay. actual
1: so, sun nautical the horizon. Nautical twilight for me was at. Four, somewhere between 401 and 445 I'm having trouble reading this graph okay I think I see it now okay so so what is nautical twilight versus so civil twilight is what like the sun is coming up yeah it's um no more than six degrees below the
0: horizon okay so it's it's ready about to break the plane
1: okay so what what is when does it get light which of these is is when someone a reasonable person would say like yeah the sun's up Pretty much the civil twilight
0: is when you can actually do outdoor See activities things. without needing extra illumination.
1: <clears throat> okay. But it, it, so it starts getting light here at three in the morning. Yes, you are correct. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is, this is a neat little site. It's crazy. Well, light, you know, bounces. Yep. So it is night from 1045 until 310. Yes. Four hours of
0: nighttime. Of like pure night. Yeah. Then cool. beyond that there is periods of increased brightness.
1: Yep. I love the daylight saving like <laughs> shift mm-hmm. on the site. Like this is a really nice smooth graph, and then chop. Yep. The whole thing just gets lifted. What's really funny is um uh, I'll
0: add up the uh, add so a we, link we, to this. We have a um a daytime only AM transmitter. Well actually all AM transmitters have to reduce power at nighttime. Have to?
1: Yes. Huh. I mean, it makes sense that, like, you, you don't need as much power because you're not competing with the sun anymore.
0: Yeah, the atmospheric conditions, you know, allow you to really go far at nighttime with an AM yeah. signal.
1: Oh, so they're worried about you going past where you've been approved to go.
0: Yes. Yeah, there's been times where um we've gotten... Uh, we- one of our AM stations, ten kilowatts daytime, one kilowatt nighttime, um, didn't power down correctly at night, mm-hmm. and we got calls from some of our other stations in Wisconsin. Going, um, guys,
1: <laughs> you're 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 on our channel.
0: We can pick you up here in Wisconsin. <laughs> Should probably check your uh, transmitter. Oh, all right. Do, do, do. Oh, look at that. Oops. Ten. Oops. Whoopsies, let's Man. just hit that button.
1: So here's a thought experiment, because you talk about, like, how how strong is that transmitter? 10 kilowatts. Okay. How many of those do you think there are in the country? How many AM transmitters? 10 kilowatt, or stronger. Oh, jeez. Like, what? what is the strongest AM transmitter?
0: Oh, that one's probably one of the grandfathered ones from the 1930s. Granted there are some not in the US that are even more powerful. I think the Nautel just put one in that was
1: uh yes, two megawatts, I think. That's a very strong transmitter. Yeah. Here's a bunch of fifty kilowatts. So like the reason I ask is is what would happen if we just stopped? Stopped stopped what? Transmitting. Like how much how much power could we save if we stopped transmitting AM radio?
0: Well, it depends on the transmitter.
1: Right. I'm I'm aware of that because your transmitter, for instance, is a 10 kilowatt transmitter. Yes. But no,
0: it also depends on the actual design of the transmitter. Like um, I was originally um, we had an issue with one of our AM transmitters down in cold water. And so I being the non technical guy just started calling around and mm-hmm. seeing how quickly and how much it would cost to get a brand new transmitter. Yeah. Because the other guys were actually, you know, sticking their heads in the box with the flashlights. I could right. I I look at it and go, That runs on some sort of electricity. <laughs> it's a, a little different
1: now. But yes. yes.
0: Um And AM transmitters, this one was an old tube transmitter from 1980, 87, I think. Um, And I was able to look at the power bill for that transmitter. And that's the only thing in that building is running on the 240 voltage. Everything else in the mm-hmm. building is running on 120. So there's a separate bill for that transmitter. And the efficiency, I did the math going, okay, you know, we know that it runs at this power level for this amount of time. And then it runs at a lower power level for this amount of time. So I actually went and did the math for the whole year, high level versus low level. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the power company has that year in review section on the bill saying, hey, this is how much energy you used each month. So I compared that to my things there and I compared overall there. The efficiency of that transmitter was down in the, oh, was it like the 27 percentage?
1: Right. But, okay, then then let me ask this. When we talk about a 10 kilowatt transmitter, yes. that is that the energy going into it or coming out of it? Coming out. When oh. you talk about transmitters, it's oh. all about the output. Oh, I, I see. Oh. So to get a 10 kilowatt transmitter, assuming you have, say, a 50 percent efficiency, which is probably a pretty high like efficiency. Um,
0: most of the solid state AM transmitters now, uh, depending yeah. on because the um, the way AM works is the louder the si- the the input audio, yep. the more output signal that leaves the thing. Right. So if you had just had hmm. silence, that would be a different amount of power required than if you literally just had Talking. A, yeah, a, or tone, just a, a tone, a tone, yeah. a solid tone at 100 percent volume. Yeah. Uh the range on that one I looked it up was uh let's see I think it was full volume efficiency of one of the newer transmitters yeah. was uh, I'm doing this all off the top of my head. I'd have to pull up my other spreadsheet. Yes, I did this on a spreadsheet. Of, of course you did. Um, I think it was no in the you. 60 to 70 percent efficiency okay. range. And then pure silence was in like the 85 percent efficiency range, according to the manufacturer.
1: So call it, we'll, we'll be generous and call it an 80 percent efficiency. Yes. Right? Yes. So to get 10 kilowatts at an 80 percent efficiency, uh, I should be able to do that math. 10 divided by 0.
0: 0.8. Yep. Puts you at 12.5 kilowatts in.
1: Yep, okay. But some of these older ones are way lower. Yes. Right, you said that one was 20. Yes. So I did That's the
0: math and buying a new scary. transmitter yeah. just on power savings.
1: Saved just, you money over how many years?
0: Uh, would pay off the transmitter within three or four years.
1: Damn! <laughs> Plus saving the time to fix it. Yes, that would be other things. Yeah, the
0: tubes on those transmitters are normally three to five thousand to buy a repaired one. So if your tube failed any time within that time frame, then, you know, it would cut it down even more because you wouldn't be needing to buy a brand new tube. There's basically only really one company out there who does making tubes, transistor tubes and that sort of thing um, in the broadcasting power range basically just one company now okay. because everybody is realize, slowly moving away from them <laughs> because of how this, this, go ahead how inefficient they they are <clears throat>
1: I was going to say, I just realized that this website is continually updating the one with the the sun and it tells you the the sun's direction Mm. and it's moving like every second it is moving a hundredth of a degree, Mm. which makes sense actually in a weird sort of way. Anyway, um, cool. (laughs) Very cool.
0: So, yes. So it would all depend on what transmitters are currently out there because, you know, yes, everybody's got a different power level of transmitting, but then also how efficient is their system? So yeah, th- there are yeah. your variables.
1: So someone's got to do... So Andy.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
1: What I need you to do. <laughs>
0: you know how... I I was actually doing this the other day. I actually looked up all of the AM transmitters in the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And there was... That's that's step one. Yeah. It was like 100 and 112, I think. Yeah.
1: Sp- so, spread across so like each, 75 companies. So for each of those find out their, their efficiency and their rating, come up with a good average so that we know, like, uh, this station is on most of the time and it's like talk, or this station is music, or this station has a lot of silence, uh, so that you can you can adjust the numbers as needed, and then do that 49 more times. really great is the FCC should have this. Yeah, I mean, well, the FCC has everything except the efficiency rating.
0: Yes, but you know how many AM stations are in the U.S.?
1: Um, AM stations? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess. I'm gonna gonna hope I can get the right order of magnitude. Go ahead and guess about 1400.
0: Hold on, I'm loading the Excel spreadsheet from the FCC because they count these things four times a year.
1: I am way off. Yep. I am way off by an order of magnitude.
0: Yeah, last numbers from the FCC said 4,680, it looks
1: like. I'm not way off then. I'm I'm just off. So I I looked up how many AM radio stations are there in the US. And Google is reporting from this one website there are 15,330 radio stations.
0: Yes, Notice but because
1: that's all radio, not yes, just AM. Yeah. yeah that it should be 4728 AM stations.
0: Yeah, which is slightly off from the FCC's last numbers, 4680. Yep. Ooh, but that about dropped.
1: Right. So I did get I did get the right order of magnitude. Yeah. Okay, I'm feeling good.
0: Wow, the uh, the number back in 2010
1: thousand per- yeah
0: was 4782 so over the last 6 years of this it's dropped it's dropped by 100 stations <clears throat> ooh 1991 sorry 1990 4978
1: so you only have 4000 some phone calls to make <laughs> <laughs> probably less than
0: that though cuz like i said there were only you know i have f- got the list of off the fcc website of all current licensed AM stations yeah. in the state of Michigan. Yeah. And each station has a um, chief operator listed and a company associated with it. Right. So I just sorted by company name, and there's only 75 companies out of all the stations in there that actually own yeah, AM so stations. You
1: don't even need to do all the work. You call up each company and you say, look, we're putting together this this like analysis of power and how much power is being used by the industry. Can you give us a hand? Can you let us know? I <laughs> think it's if funny. not, we're just going to estimate, but we'd really appreciate having this knowledge.
0: What's funny is I was sort of... Good you, could, doing...
1: you could even do it at like an industry event.
0: Yeah, no, talk to the manufacturers to get their numbers. Ooh. That way... So like,
1: this is, this is what the manufacturers say it is, this is what the stations are reporting it as...
0: Well, that way, if you have somebody who says, hey, I've got this transmitter at this site, we can kind of assume from the manufacturer's numbers yep. what it could be. And there's not many AM transmitter manufacturers out there now. No, as I we found just out covered I tra- that.
1: Yeah. We just talked about that. Come on, don't you think this would be a fun project that you could actually do for work? Well, this is, this is.
0: <laughs> I swear, I didn't think this was going, I literally sent an email on Friday To the Michigan Association of Broadcasters engineering director going, hey, we had a problem with our AM station back at this point. Our engineer was out due to having heart surgery. So I called up, you know, everybody in the area going, hey, can you please help us out? And luckily, you know, the engineering community is kind of, you know, we might be competitors on paper, yep. but if somebody calls me <laughs> asking for help, you know... You'll give them a hand. We'll give them a hand. Yeah, that's it's kind of yeah. like the unwritten rule. It's like, you know what, yes, on paper we're competitors, but if you've got a problem... It's,
1: it's like the space flight, the space program. There's a, there's a... Actually, it isn't just an unwritten rule. There's a rule in the space program that, like, if If an astronaut from a foreign country ends up in your country, you take care of them. Which makes sense. So same idea, right? Like if if the station down the road has a problem, you're going to help them out.
0: Yeah, no, it was, there was one where we were actually running on the competitor, had a backup STL unit, and we were actually running on their backup STL unit for a couple of days because ours went down and our engineer was down in Florida. So we literally called up the competition going like, hey, our STL link is down, we can't broadcast out the transmitter if there you know i had a temporary solution set up there but it was janky it worked but it was super janky yep and the guy <laughs> the came in solutions the guy stopped he was up in lansing he dropped what he was doing swung by his stations up in lansing picked up a spare stl transmitter drove to our building You know, did his little magic to get it to work on our system and put installed it for us. It's like this was the literally the only other, you know, competitor in town. Yep, Engineer. So he could have said, sorry, guys, you know, no can do. And we would have been dead in the water outside of, you know, living out at the transmitter site. But no, he dropped what he was doing and helped us out. So I was trying to talk to the engineering director and be like, you know, it'd be great if we actually had all of the AM stations in Michigan. It's a small number compared to the number of FM stations, but have all the AM stations kind of basically have like a Facebook group where we could all post, you know, what our contact information is, you know, hey, our engineer is going on vacation for this time. You know, can we have somebody, you know, keep an eye on our stuff during that period? who's got what transmitters, who's got spare parts for what transmitters. So, you know, if there's ever a problem, you know, kind of, you know, if we're all in this pool together, you know, just kind of have it almost formalized, the unwritten rule of help each other out. But that way, you know, I know, oh, you know, our Collins is down. Guys over in Ann Arbor have a Collins as well. Let me call them up, see if we can, you know, borrow parts to fix ours.
1: So you need like a Google Sheets slash Discord. Yeah. I'd love to see the chat on that discord. That'd be hilarious. Well, there's our, there's already ideas. Facebook
0: groups out there. I'm, I'm a member of yeah. a couple of them that are engineering related. So it's, you know, yeah. people who so buy you can, and sell you can even, you equipment, can even
1: ask them for this information.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I'm doing something like that where it's like, okay, well, who's got what transmitters yeah. in what markets. So if we ever have a problem, you know, who can we call? Who's got, you know, helpfulness
1: telling you man you could do this you could put the information together you could give a report at like the next radio transmitting convention I wish I knew the names of those conventions um well
0: the big one is NAB out in Las Vegas
1: yeah say like hey look at all the power that we're using ooh ooh and you could even do the analysis you could you could do it on behalf of one of the or the, I guess the uh, company that makes the products and be like if all of these sites update their transmitter look at the loss of power <laughs> like well there's <laughs>
0: There's a lot of things going on right now with AM because yeah. people have talked about, you know, getting, because AM does not filter out noise. No. That's why if you're listening to an AM radio station during a lightning storm, you can hear the lightning over the radio.
1: That's pretty cool. I I, I will say that is pretty cool. Yeah, cause It's it, probably not good for the radio, but it's pretty cool.
0: Well, it, it's just part of the, the way the spectrum is sent out is it doesn't filter out noise. Yeah. So it's, you know, one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, people have talked about what we need to do to, you know, help the AM, bam. Well, part of the thing is probably, you know. Know, making sure everybody's got a new transmitter and also they're talking about also going to AM digital since all of the current HD radios could um, receive AM digital without any sort of real change hmm. to the receiving structure but you know a, I didn't want to be in the weeds talking about work on the weekend <laughs>
1: Sorry, that's, that's my fault. Mm-hmm. I still want you to do this project.
0: How about <laughs> I do fun. the one thing I already originally suggested to do first. And
1: then if Once I'm ever really that, bored, you've got that as the the groundwork. Okay. Uh, we should probably move out of like the weeds of work and into, uh, everything else, which we, we have a lot, mm-hmm. we have a lot, a lot. Well, I wanted
0: to make sure that you could quickly, whenever you showed up, hop into this thing. <laughs>
1: hop in. Yeah. So there's uh, a new... We can start right up the
0: top. Okay. Yeah. What is this? Pokemon Sleep?
1: Yeah. So there's there's Pokemon Go. Yes. And now they're adding in Pokemon Sleep. And it's it's not really clear to me, at least, like... It it feels like it's almost an add-on to Pokemon Go. Um because cause Niantic is making comments about it. John Hankey's like, yeah, now you play we're gonna help people actually go to sleep and like develop better habits. The idea of Pokemon Go was to get up and move and go outside and so now we want people sleeping. Um it it's a gamification of sleep and adding a sleep tracker.
0: <laughs> They're calling it the Pokemon Go Plus Plus device.
1: Yeah, so there's a Pokemon Go Plus.
0: Yeah, that's that little weird thing.
1: And this is this is now the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, and it will track your sleep. It's a sleep tracking device, and I, it's I'm sorry, I I can't not like laugh and giggle at this because this is just so ridiculous. But it's a legit thing. They are actually doing this.
0: Pokemon sleep sleep. All right. So the question is will I have to join Pokemon Go in order to try out Pokemon Sleep?
1: Well you'd have to buy a Pokemon Go plus plus.
0: And if I've got a Pokemon Go plus plus then I could just, you know, have Pokemon Go on my wrist and just nonchalantly yeah, I mean, as might, I wander might as well around. No thanks. I'm still waiting for the Harry Potter one.
1: Uh you aren't gonna be waiting much longer.
0: I know. I'm on the uh, I'm on the early access for it, so as soon as I as soon as I get a
1: chance. Yep. Not yet, but soon. It's supposed yep. to be this summer. Yep. And then you'll finally be back into the Niantic world. <laughs> I have a friend who tried it. She was too enthusiastic about it. Mm. <clears throat> but she's not a Harry Potter fan. Ah. Do you think it's gonna be bigger than Pokemon was on its first day? <laughs> I've been having a lot of discussions with people about this, and I'm I'm evidently in the minority.
0: That you think it's not going to be good? It's not going to be big? I think
1: it's going to be bigger than Pokemon Go was.
0: <sighs>
1: I think there's more Harry Potter fans, but maybe that's just a, a self-selecting bias of like my friend group. I have a lot of friends who are Harry Potter fans who are not Pokemon fans. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are both.
0: Mm-hmm. I just... Hmm. I don't know because, you know, Harry Potter is big, but I don't know, after watching, you know, another one of the, um, you know, like seeing how the latest Fantastic Beasts movie came out, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, you know, if we're starting to get a little bit of a burnout on it. That and J.K. Rowling, you know, just announced four new books, but not actual like books books, if that makes any sense.
1: So what kind of books?
0: Supposedly nonfiction, quote unquote, Harry Potter world books. What? Yeah, hold on. Let me find it.
1: Nonfiction Harry Potter. There is a contradiction in there.
0: Harry Potter will soon add four new ebooks to the Wizarding World. A series of short nonfiction ebooks exploring the traditional folklore and magic at the heart of the Harry Potter series.
1: How are they nonfiction? Wait a minute. What? <laughs>
0: They're supposedly along the lines of textbooks.
1: About Harry Potter?
0: The first titles, A Journey Through Charms and Defense Against the Dark Arts and A Journey Through Potions and Herbology will be published on June 27th.
1: So they're they're, they're as if they were in the Harry Potter universe, they would be nonfiction. Yes. For us, they are fiction. Yes. If I looked at these in the library, they would be in the fiction section.
0: Yes, but they're not like Harry Potter stories. They're more of along the lines of the book that was Fantastic Fantastic Beasts. Beasts. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just fodder for Warner Brothers to make more movies. hmm Well, unfortunately, Andy, we can't really call it burnout anymore. Why not? Because burnout is an official diagnosis now.
0: Oh, is that part of the diagnosis thing? Yep. Oh.
1: Burnout is an occupational phenomenon. Burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has been not been successfully managed. Characterized by three dimensions, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feeling of negativism or cynicism related to one's job, and reduced professional efficacy. It is regarded as a mental health issue. Lovely. Yeah. So we can't say that you burned out on Harry Potter unless you're like working on a Harry Potter project. Sorry. Now that got me moving over to the gaming disorder official designation. That, that, that was my intent. Gotcha. As, as leading us there, as giving you a way to get there. Well, thank you, Dave, for that wonderful segue. You're welcome, Andy, for calling out and ruining the segue. So, yes, the
0: World Health Organization has in the next ICD-11, which is its guide
1: for... um, The International Classification of Diseases.
0: Yes, for diseases and uh, mental, behavioral, and neurological development disorders. So ICD-11.6... 6, what is it, 6C, six 6C5 six 1.0, gaming disorder common predominantly online. Parent is 6C5-1, gaming disorder. 6C5-1, gaming disorder. <clears throat>
1: Excuse me.
0: So this will be ratified, I do believe, next year, <clears throat> if I'm reading this news story correctly.
1: Um, I think, when does ICD-11 go into effect? January 1st, 2022 is when it is scheduled to be released. And it is, um, it has to be, at least in the U S it has to be adopted. So like when it's released versus when we start officially using it for documentation are two different things, mm. uh, because ICD 10 release date work on ICD 10 began in 1983 <laughs> was first used by member states in 1994 and was adopted in the United States. The original proposal was October of 2011 and got pushed back until 2015. Hmm. <laughs> and, of course. The uh, United States utilizes its own variant of ICD-10 called ICD-10 Clinical Modification, and it uses a procedural classification of ICD-10 procedures called ICD-10 PCS. So we took the, the um, World Health Organization one and said, Ah! A little
0: different. Now I'm looking at this actual chart here, and I'm realizing, okay, so six five or six C five zero, yeah. right above gaming disorder is gambling disorder. Yeah, which they're both children of the parent disorders due to addictive behaviors. Yes. So it's you know. Gam- gambling disorder, I can see that as a possibility, and I can I can see similarities between the two of them. Having, you know, been to other places with small children and having them talk about wanting to play Fortnite, it's just like, mm. hmm. But the trade groups have, you know, no surprise, come out against...
1: Said like, wait a second!
0: <laughs> yes, the uh, ESA, the ESA of Canada, the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association of Australia and New Zealand, the Interactive Software Federation of Europe, K Games, which is South Korea, and the Association for UK Interactive Entertainment have all asked the WHO to re-examine at an early date the inclusion of gaming disorders in the ICD-11.
1: Yep. Because it's a disease, right? Like, there's a stigma attached. Now to be like, duh. So in ICD-10 and prior, uh, transgenderism is essentially a mental disorder. And not essentially, it is classified as a mental disorder. In ICD-11, it is not. So like, there's some good things coming in ICD-11. And it's worth remembering this is written by people. It's written by humans. It is reflection of society and and what we consider to be issues in society and why is gaming addiction like i could have imagined that in the 90s people were were worried about this people were thinking about it. but like it's not it's not a thing and and for there, there are people Do you, who are okay ad- okay, okay, okay
0: okay okay taking this up a step you think there is, do you think gambling disorder is a thing?
1: Yes. And and legit, if I sit and think about it, there are people that I would say are indeed addicted to gaming, but I don't think that it's the gaming at fault there. Like, there are way bigger issues.
0: Yes. It's it's, even it's gambling, almost weird, like we were, we, we took a pivot it, from the gaming right. and violence argument. I feel like that took a pivot to now the gaming and addiction. addiction.
1: But I think that, like, the two of them may be the same thing like this addictive personality disorder or or i don't i just remember seeing like news of of kids that like it, it's not the kids fault it's the parenting or at least i feel like i want to blame the parenting of like these kids who play 15 16 hours of Fortnite instead of going to school this is not going to get used well and it is just going to to put a stigma on video games
0: yes i i i I'm going to agree with that one. It's it's, it's going to be a tool that is going to be misused by many people, unfortunately.
1: In in particular, parents. I have a feeling that this is going to be. Oh, my kid's addicted to gaming. Why? Because they like playing Farmville.
0: Can you believe Farmville is ten years old?
1: Yeah. Can like, you believe episode one was released over twenty years ago? Oh,
0: jeez. <sighs> I still remember going to see episode two Mm -hmm. and then literally just walking in from that to senior sem. God, that was crazy. I had a long discussion with Mr. Hill about episode two because I Mm -hmm. saw it and then he saw it. And then we just spent the next like day in the library where I was supposed to be doing research for senior sem. Instead, I was sitting at a table with him with our, you know, my written notes of his points and my counterpoints to it.
1: You should go back and watch them. I don't know if I want to. They are simultaneously not as bad as you remember, but also worse. I know.
0: It was like uh, we were watching um, Toy Story on TV just recently, and it was like, mm, this is both, you know, it holds up, but then it also doesn't, doesn't. hold up. Yeah. Well, speaking of parenting, um, Google Play, the Google Play Store has now strengthened kids' app safeguards <laughs> with their policies.
1: Yay! How?
0: Well, developers will now be required to define a target audience for their apps in the Play Console, designating their product as suitable for children, <laughs> older users, or children and older users. If the app targets children to any degree, they must follow the new family's policies, which there are. Um, app must be rated for ESA ESRBE for everyone. You must accurately oh. you must accurately dic- disclose the app's interactive elements on the content rating questionnaire. Apps must only use Google Play's certified ad networks. Apps designated specifically for children cannot request location permissions. I mean, be. that's,
1: that's all the, the ESRB one is pretty strict
0: because
1: mm-hmm. that's not cheap or easy to do. It requires an ESRB rating.
0: That's what it says. Damn. Uh, family policies requirement. Yeah. App, apps must be rated ESRB E for everyone, 10 plus or equivalent. Okay. So there's an equivalency there then.
1: Well, yeah. Cause if you're yep. in Europe or if you're in uh, Australia, you're looking at Peggy instead of ESRB.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, the misrepresentation and if any information about your app in the play console, including the target audience and content section, may result in removal or suspension of your app. so those uh, that's coming down the pipe. They' also updated their content for sexual content, hate speech, and loot boxes. All right. So yes, um, game publishers that offer lotteries for in-game items such as loot boxes, must now clearly disclose the odds of receiving those items in advance of purchase. So, I'm guessing in a a bit, my Marvel Puzzle Quest app is going to give me better percentages (laughs) than just the one in seven odds of getting the specific groups of covers.
1: They got a lot stricter on some of these. Like, I'm reading through the sexual content one.
0: Yes. I read that, too, and I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah.
1: I'm not sure I agree with it. I mean, it's it's Google's store. They get to do what they want.
0: Yeah, yeah the uh, company has expanded its prohibition against apps displaying sexually explicit content to simply sexual content
1: so it no longer has to be explicit Nope. as long as there's sexual content
0: mm-hmm. depictions of nudity or wo- in which the subject is nude or minimally clothed and where clothing would not be acceptable in an appropriate public context Okay. All right. That seems a little heavy-handed, but okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Content that is lewd or profane. Just in general, none of that.
0: Google also just changed its content policy and prohibited all of um, apps that are selling or facilitating the sale of marijuana.
1: Oh, I mean, it is a federal crime still. Yes. Even if it's legal in the state. Risky business. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. GameStop is still bleeding
0: i I had to put this topic in there. I'm sorry, Dave.
1: That's fine. I get like notifications every couple of days of like gamestop at fifty two week low. Well, now the
0: COO and CFO, same person, uh, is stepping down after 23 years with GameStop. Mm-hmm. They are going to eliminate the COO position entirely. And now the former walk-holding CFO and uh, James Bell has been appointed executive vice the... president and CFO. Okay, And then also there is a newly created role of EVP and
1: CMO. Uh, what is what is the M in the, I know what a CMO is, but I don't think in this context. Chief marketing officer, I'm guessing. Chief management officer, probably. Probably marketing. That sounds right.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking it's most of the time CMO means marketing.
1: Maybe maybe in the real world. (laughs) In my industry, CMO is the chief medical officer.
0: Elmister most recently served as president and CEO of the Tile Shop. Prior to that, he held a number of senior roles at Best Buy. The Tile Shop, really. Yep, they sell tile. All right, well, I guess widgets are widgets, but okay.
1: Yeah, so they're still bleeding, like hardcore bleeding and losing money left and right. Is iTunes going to get shut down?
0: Everything's pointing that way. Multiple sources have basically confirmed that at WWDC, there's going to be an announcement that iTunes is going to basically get broken into three pieces and merged into the uh, music, TV, and podcast apps.
1: So, well, i mm-hmm.
0: My question is, what the hell is going to happen on the Windows side of things?
1: Right. Like, I use iTunes to manage my music.
0: I had iTunes open yesterday. It's what I do for my podcast. It's what I do for my music. It's what Kate does for music, audiobooks, TV shows, movies for her iPod Classic. Is she going to have to have three separate programs all (laughs) sending to one device? I feel like that would be overly complicated. Yeah. And yes, I, I, I've I always said that iTunes has been the red-headed stepchild of the iPod.
1: Which is amusing because it predates the iPod. I know, but it's By still... Sign- it's, it's the red-headed stepfather?
0: I guess so. It was the one where, you know, it was the... the it's
1: also been a terrible program.
0: Yeah, it's like the... For this, its entire existence. Okay, okay, better idea. It's the annoying sibling of your friend that you want to hang out with, but their sibling has to come along.
1: But, but I, I have used it, and like, I've... I've I feel like I have Stockholm syndrome of like, no, don't take it away from me. It's all I have left. If <laughs> WinF <they've>, died, <laughs> I've tried.
0: I've tried using other things not iTunes related, and they're terrible. Yeah,
1: they're worse than iTunes. <laughs> Which is really hard to do.
0: I do have to say, though, I used the Audible app to listen to some audiobooks. And that was a better interface than iTunes's audiobook interface. So there was one. Okay. Audible had a better interface than iTunes for audiobooks. Yep. That's it.
1: So, Which is the thing that they specialize in. Yes. So I hope it is.
0: So, I've got Audible for audiobooks. But beyond that,
1: I... What am I supposed to do with my old iPod Touch? I don't know. I still have... I'm
0: staring at my iPod Nano. (laughs) My iPod Nano Gen 2. Gen 2. I have a spare. My brother gave me his old Gen 2... I have it as a spare in case this thing dies on me. I've yep. got a second one literally ready to go <laughs> if I need it. Yep. It's like, I don't want this thing to go away. I still need to check the battery life on this thing, though, because last time I was using it was during the half marathon, and it stopped after mile, mile nine.
1: Oh, that's, that's not good.
0: No. When you're suddenly listening to music and suddenly your music stops, you're like, well, shoot, what the hell am I supposed to do for the last four miles?
1: Because don't you use the music to pace yourself?
0: Yes, yes, I do. I literally have a playlist that is just the the Pod Runner mix tracks at set BPMs that I use to make sure I stay on pace. Yeah, if you look at my running chart, Ed, you can tell exactly when the music stopped.
1: I love these comments of like, I love iTunes. They better replace it with something really good. I'm like, it's just, no, you shouldn't love iTunes. It's a bad product.
0: There just hasn't been anything better out there. I don't even know how to do podcasts on Google devices. From what I've heard, it sucks. It does. I would, though, like to have an ability on my podcasts actually, because I want to speed them up. would be nice.
1: To so be able to play them faster?
0: Yes. That would be nice, but... Yeah. Um, make sure that your Microsoft Windows, speaking of old technology, um... Microsoft put out another Windows update patch for um, a vulnerability in remote desktop services for XP7, Server 2003, Server 2008, R2, and Windows Server 2008. So if you're, for some odd reason, still running, well, granted, Windows 7 is not that. (laughs) Plenty of computers still running 7 that I'll have to go through and update for work. But, you know, this is similar to the WannaCry vulnerability. So, you know.
1: Oh, computers are so not safe. (laughs) No, 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 they're not. They're just, they're just not safe at all. Nope.
0: So, yeah, so that's going around. So, I'll have to go through. Oh, God. I remember when Wanna Cry came out, my boss was like, Yeah, I want to update it over the weekend.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh. Wasn't WannaCry the one that, like, you couldn't patch?
0: No, you could patch it. it you had to... Yeah. The patch was basically disabling SMBV1, mm. I
1: think. Oh, but it, it slows down the processor, right? Disabling that? Uh,
0: no, I think no, it was... or am I some...
1: thinking of a different one? I, I might you're... be thinking of... I think I'm thinking of, um, Spectre.
0: Yeah, this vulnerability is pre-authentication and requires no user interaction. In other words, the vulnerability is warmable. Oh, good. Okay, so...
1: Yeah good times specter specter and meltdown
0: so i'll have to get brandon on that because i'm not going through that again all these people like oh yeah no, i can i can get all our servers updated in you know a couple couple hours and i'm sitting there thinking i've got five markets to cover so five domain controllers on top of also the all the central servers and all the streaming servers you know, oh, so many computers. You poor thing. I know. I just want to get all the stuff put in the cloud and get it on one virtuals <laughs> one virtual VM server. So speaking of disasters.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a great segue. <laughs> yes.
0: California has approved the California Utilities ability to cut off electricity to avoid catastrophic wildfires. Oh,
1: that's an interesting solution to the problem of California utility causing wildfires.
0: So um, the utility says, hey, when there's periods of excessive winds and low humidity, they ask the regulators to allow them to pull the plug so there's no actual electricity traveling down the cables. Yeah. Oh, geez. That's,
1: that's, Pacific I Gas. that's good.
0: Pacific Gas and Electricity initially planned to de-energize power lines in at-risk rural areas, but has since expanded its plans to include high-voltage transmission lines like the one that sparked the National's deadliest wire fire in a century, which was the Paradise Blaze. Yeah. Or you know you could good. just actually maintain your current lines,
1: yeah, so that they they don't spark and cause wildfires.
0: Yes, I think that was the 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 study. I think the California Regulators Commission study on the Paradise Flame was basically they just said that PG and E was not maintaining their infrastructure and that caused the fire. Yep. So I feel like this is well, we can't maintain our lines, so we're just going to stop using them. <laughs> So if there is a fire and then they pull the power, how are they going to notify people that there's an emergency if there's no power?
1: Um, battery-powered radio?
0: Really? Do you have a battery-powered
1: radio on hand, Dave? I do. It's called my car. <laughs> it's actually a, a gas-powered and battery-powered radio.
0: <laughs> it's a battery-powered radio with a backup gas generator. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. The police. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. This, I I feel like this is yes something needs to get done, but I feel like this is just a horrible band aid rather than actually fixing the problem.
1: <laughs> it, Which this least, this is not well, just. I mean, band aids band aids can help you heal. They can, but no, they need to just fix their infrastructure. And, th- and this they need is not money just to do a, it. And I th- get that
0: this is not just a PG and E problem, though. I I hate to say it. I have had to talk with other broadcast engineers because we are, you know, part of the first response emergency alert system. So we kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, need power to power all these megawatt stations. And according to multiple engineers, consumers and DTE in our areas... Are not on the most quickest turnaround to to fix and maintain their infrastructure as well. Where consumers, I think, will once about every seven years supposedly check out all the lines to that's see if not the,
1: frequent. No, that's that's not frequent at all. Shouldn't they know what lines
0: are like down? Well, the, they'll know what lines are down. But this, we're talking about things like where you know they Just they don't the clear the gone. they don't clear the brush around all the trees and the, the trees, yep. yeah, things that you know will cause power lines to go down and then catch on fire because they're made of wood yeah yeah okay here okay. we go yeah the california public utilities commission gave the green light but said utilities must do a better job educating and notifying the public particularly those with disabilities and others who are vulnerable and ramp up preventive efforts such as clearing brush and installing fire resistant poles no
1: they don't need to why would they spend money on things like that
0: so they don't burn down half california yeah i know <sighs> infrastructure is not sexy but it needs to be maintained yeah <laughs> Oh, it's one of those, it's a pet peeve of mine, especially when people want to make things look good, but then you look underneath and you're like this,
1: you, you put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. Mm-hmm. It's got lipstick on it. still a pig.
0: You can give a monkey a Ferrari. He's still going to crash the Ferrari. What if I give a monkey a Tesla? Ooh. Oh, that takes my analogy.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, Elon. given the, the recent weeks, the Tesla is going to crash anyway. <laughs> That's <so>. true. <laughs> or catch on fire. Oh. um, What else we want to chat about? Like, there's so many different things we have listed here.
0: Uh, Galaxy Note 10 is going to be removing the headphone
1: jack. Boo. Boo.
0: Boo. That's
1: just
0: everybody. Everybody Kiss. heard that. just went boo.
1: Yes, Boo. Uh, Department of Justice is still sitting on T-Mobile and Sprint saying maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, yes, but
0: right now the current status... They're, they're, T-Mobile gave three concessions. To, um, what is it? Um, where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? Okay. FCC announcement. FCC gave the approval after Sprint and T-Mobile agreed to three major concessions. First, companies have promised not to increase their prices for to customers for three years. Mm-hmm. Second... The merging companies have committed to divest Boost Mobile if they're allowed to merge because they've so already got
1: Sprint has that and they don't care about it because it's worthless.
0: Yeah, and they uh, T-Mobile has Metro anyway, so this is already a prepaid. Yep. Yeah. And then finally the merging companies have committed to developing a 5G network that will cover 90% of the nation's population within 3 years. Ooh. And 99% that's <laughs> 99% of Americans within 6 years.
1: Ooh. That's that's ambitious. Let's just let's be clear. Ooh. 99% in three years. I mean, they need to, right? If they want to get 5G out there, everyone no, no, else is already publishing. S- within
0: six. 97 within three.
1: Yeah, but 90% of rural in three.
0: Is there a map that shows where 97% of America's population is?
1: Uh, there's a map that shows you where 50% of it is. It's distressingly small.
0: Oh, yes. Half of the United States lives in these counties. Hey, look at that. Grand Rapids is in there. Yeah, so there's the fifty percent, but I have to I have to see if there's some. There's got to be a map of what ninety seven. I'll have to go through the FCC's maps.
1: Well, like yeah, that's that's a very small area for fifty percent. Yeah. So I mean, as soon as you've got that covered, mm-hmm. have you seen the zero percent map? No. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, map of no population U.S. Yeah, there it is. Copy image go to Andy, here we go. Wow. In all of, all of those green areas are census blocks with a population of zero. I could see that. So nobody lives there, or at least nobody admits to living there.
0: <laughs> wow. The 100 mile border zone around the United States is two thirds of the population.
1: Live within 100 miles of the coast? Yes. Or the border? Yeah. I believe it. I mean, that's that's actually a lot of land.
0: Yeah, 100 miles in from the border is... Yeah, that's still a lot.
1: Because uh, that's going to include Chicago. Mm-hmm. All of, all, Michigan, all, of Michigan. all of both coasts. Is it all of Michigan? All of Michigan yeah, is... Never- you're never 80 miles from the Great Lakes. You are always at uh, at a maximum of 80 miles from the nearest Great Lake in Michigan, mm-hmm. which is just amusing. So all of Michigan, you get a good part of Ohio in there. You get all the big
0: cities in Chicago or in California. Yeah,
1: that's all of Florida. Yeah, I, I'd actually believe it would be more. It's just like no one in the center of the country. Yep. You okay over there?
0: Yeah, no, it's just these songs just get stuck in your head. Yeah, I'm sitting here in bed, lying down, and in my head, I've got you know some of the the nursery
1: rhyme songs just going through my head. I'm like, just stop it. I mean, you've been listening to it in the background for the last two hours. Mm -hmm. That might have something to do with it. All right, um,
0: we should probably hit
1: the randoms. Sure, yeah.
0: We've been doing this for over an hour now.
1: Okay. Uh, Anything else? Man, there's all this stuff from Computex. There's all the the like video game news. That's good news. Star Wars Galaxy opened up at Disneyland. That's the place where they serve booze, right? Yes. You can actually order booze booze.
0: at the Star Wars Cantina.
1: Yep. Uh, NVIDIA did a, a demo of their new ray tracing, real time ray tracing, and it's Friggin' amazing xbox
0: game pass on the pc
1: that's been around hasn't it no no okay well the xbox cool. game
0: pass has been around but now it's but available. A, now you
1: can play it on the pc
0: yes including day and date releases of new games from xbox game studios
1: so to, to be clear the xbox at this point is just a pc right like it, it feels like anything that can be compiled for xbox can be compiled for pc
0: what you mean microsoft is able to compile things for
1: windows i i guess crazy very okay uh randoms what's our random topic andy or random review first yes
0: the random review is uh something i picked up over the memorial day weekend because it was on sale um part of the reason why it was on sale it seems because they actually just released the newest version of this But I picked up the Echo B3 Lite smart thermostat. So I now have, I used to, we had just a regular, you know, five by two programmable thermostat. So I could, you know, program when to turn it on and when to turn it off on um, weekdays and then weekends. But now we have the smart thermostat. And what was nice is uh, part of the reason we got it was the fact that consumers had changed their uh, rebate guidelines. So we were able to get a hundred dollar rebate after buying it. So that was nice. Cool.
1: So how does it work? Well, it's kind of
0: like your nest where, you know, you have to have the certain wires to Mm -hmm. plug in. Um, Luckily, whoever was before us ran a six wire cable from the furnace up to the thermostat, but only used four of the wires. So (laughs) I looked down at the furnace. I'm like, oh, look, there's a C connection, but it's not plugged into. Oh, let me just, you know, strip this. It's there. Yeah, it was there. (laughs) So I just (laughs) I took the extra wire that wasn't being used stripped the end off, plugged it into the C, and then I didn't have to run any sort of um, um, run uh, a, no, a new wire up there. But the the plus is the fact that the Echo B3 Light also came with a um, um, a power injector as well, in case you don't have that C wire available. So if you were, you know, were able to do it, it they basically would plug this little power. It's kind of like a power injector, P over, power over Ethernet injector sort of thing. You ever had to deal with those? Nope. Oh. It was just a little, it would be a little box that I would plug in between the wire that goes, you know, up to the thermostat and the furnace. You plug this thing into the middle of it, and then it would send power over one of the other wires as well, and it would work fine. So, this one, you don't even need to have that C wire. Just as long as you have that C connector on the furnace, you can put the power extender kit, is what they call it, in line with the system, and then it will work as well. Cool. So, that's, that's nice. Um. This also, uh, we got the newer version has this with it, where they have room sensors, so like
1: additional. Yes, so okay. our
0: our house's HVAC is funky. And we need to put some more insulation up in the attic. So upstairs is always warmer than downstairs. Makes sense. And then our back room is always cooler slash warmer than the rest of the downstairs because for some odd reason, those vents in that room are just probably mainlined into the furnace. It's also better, better insulated as well. Mm-hmm. So I took the thermostat and then I got two room sensors. Uh, right now, the, the little room sensors, I picked them up two for 50 at like <laughs> Home Depot. Um, and I put one in the back room because that's where we spend most of our time. And then I put one upstairs in our bedroom. And I told the Echo Bee, hey, during the day, use the room sensor in the back room as your thermostat. And then at nighttime, use the sensor up in our bedroom as the thermostat. Okay. So when I set the thermostat for 68 at night, it doesn't look at the main one attached to the furnace. It actually looks at the sensor upstairs and uses that to control when to turn on and off the AC and when to turn on and off the heat.
1: Right. So that it, it focuses on that room as the source of truth.
0: Yes. It also... That's,
1: that's convenient.
0: Yeah. This uh, this one also works with Alexa. Um, Good. The newest version actually has Alexa built in. Ah, uh, she just went off. Take a drink. <laughs> yeah, the the newer version actually has an echo built into it. Yeah. Microphone and speaker. So it can basically...
1: Be your echo. Yeah. Cool.
0: Um, this also has a couple of smart features which we haven't tried out yet, but it has the follow me command. So it, the, the room sensors can tell if the room is occupied or not. So if nobody is upstairs, you could actually say, hey, you know, only pay attention to the room that's actually being used. So if I, you know, if I'm down here, it will be like, okay, the back room is occupied. And then if I go upstairs, it will go, oh, wait a second, bedroom's now occupied. I need to adjust. So it will literally follow me around the house. Whatever. So if I had yeah. Whatever
1: the active, that's good.
0: So that's one of them, but you'll need more room sensors if you really want to take, you know, good advantage of that. Advantage.
1: What if, what if there's people in multiple rooms?
0: Uh, if there's people in multiple rooms, if according to their website, it kind of averages out mm-hmm. all of the different different temperatures to try and, you know, even things out between both of them. So it might run one room a little bit colder and one room a little bit warmer just to try and get the averages in the right spot. Um, It also has a geofence ability. So if you have the app on your phone and you leave your, you know, your phone is outside of your house, it will tell your thermostat to automatically go into away mode, which, you know, you can set up to be, you know, don't turn the heat on because nobody's home. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem with that is it only works on one phone. So if you're living by yourself, that's great. But if you have multiple people in the house and you have that turned on, if I had that on my phone and I left, the thermostat would go to away even though, you know, Kate's in the house. If that makes sense, right?
1: Yes. Uh, yes. I think. So All yeah, right.
0: no, it's a it's a it's it's basically the um, competitor to
1: the nest. Yes. Would you if 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 both were free, would you pick the Echo B over the nest? If both
0: were free, um, I'm going to say yes, because of the fact that Google is really pushing the nest hard as part of their yeah. home automation oh, thing there. And we have the Amazon Echo as basically our hub of choice right now. Yeah. So right now, yes, they work. They, they play nice with each other right now. But who knows if at some point either Amazon buys Echo B or, you know, Google decides to lock down the Nest from working with the Echo. So it, this one's kind of a um, I'd say a, a kind of
1: future proofing our current situation because you're no one's sure really what's going to happen with yes. Nest and with Google. So fair, definitely fair.
0: But yes, no, they we got the Echo B3 Lite, but yeah, they just announced a new Echo B4. So there is an Echo Ooh. B4 already out there, and now there's even a newer one out there. What is the four gonna do? The four is the one with the built in Amazon Echo, and then okay. the, the four, I think they called it the four plus. Like I said, this is just literally, they just announced it.
1: Like a week ago.
0: Uh, uh, May 11th was when uh, there were there were leaks for the new one. And I think, yeah, um, May 27th is when the new one was announced. So, yeah. But the new one's got like a glass panel front rather than the plastic. It's got some better room sensors as well. So, there's, cool. th- there's an update for that one. So, yeah, no, it's... It's cutting edge, so can't really Uh talk about that one because they don't have it, but, you know, they're still working on that stuff. So, yeah, no, it's a, I like it. You know, we've had it for a week or so, and the thing, you know, has been, you know, we've just set the schedule on it, so I haven't done most of the smart stuff with it, but it's still, it's even a better schedule than the old one because now I can actually do a separate schedule for all seven days if we
1: want to. Yeah, I've I've run into similar something similar with the nest and it's it's pretty nice. It's also nice to be able to do it when you're not at home.
0: Yes, that's the other thing. Yeah, I've got the app on you, my phone so I can, you know, if I really want You,
1: you to. don't think of that as being like a a really killer thing until you're out and you're like on your way home and it's 85 degrees and you're like, "I would like the air conditioning to turn on before I get home." That'd be a nice idea. But yeah, like, no, I let's could, let's do that.
0: Like with the old one, I could put the thermostat on hold. But then, yeah, after we come back from vacation. You know, I got to come into the sweltering hot house and then crank the AC on this way as we're driving back. I can go, oh, let me just turn the echo B on yep. while we're driving home. So the room will actually be at normal temperature when we walk in but we won't have the AC running the entire time like when we're up north or something. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Like I said, the, the room the room sensor is what really got me is the fact that you know, I can I can set up I think up to 40 room sensors if I really wanted to.
1: That's, see, that's, that's the one thing that like for a long time I didn't understand and what you just explained makes it make much more sense. I'm like, cool, it knows what the different rooms are, but it can't control the different rooms, right? It can't set, like, direct airflow. Nope. Some of the so newer the furnaces and it's can just do that. Setting, it's just setting what the base is, right? Yes. It's just setting this is the value that you're on, which is cool. Looks like The problem for me, of course, would be, like, I'd set that to be my bedroom, and it just would never turn off. Well,
0: that's what ours ever. is. Like, <laughs> like I said, our bed, our bedroom is only set from... 9.30 until, like, uh 7, and then it mm-hmm. switches to the, the room down here. But, yes, both of these, you know, thermostats are different than the one that's on the wall, be, just because the way our HVAC is set up. You know, it, it's kind of, we're trying to use these to mitigate <laughs> a more a major issue. Yep. So... Yeah, the Echo B3 Lite is what I have, which will probably go on for cheaper now that, you know, there's a four and a four plus out there. But yes, check with your um, check with your heating and cooling provider. Because like I said, we got ours with a hundred dollar rebate. Nice. Um,
1: Yeah. And it looks like on the Consumers
0: Energy website, you can actually get it for zero dollars if you um, uh, allow... to be part of their peak power savers program
1: yeah so i was gonna say we have the same idea of the the power savers program uh what do they call it shoot i don't remember what they call it here uh but it's something about like when it's under under peak usage they may do things like turn it on early so that you're not using it at the same time as everyone else
0: yeah ours is most of the time it happens during the day like the middle of the day when we're not home so yeah according to yeah consumers there's there's two (laughs) there's two peak usage times One is you know around eleven when people at work are starting to you know get their air conditioner systems kicking on, and then the other one is in the evening around five or six. In the evening, people come back home and all those thermostats kick on. Yep. So,
1: all right, random
0: topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead
1: of time. What is the
0: most inappropriate question a border guard has ever asked you?
1: I don't know that I've been asked an inappropriate question by a border guard.
0: I have only been harassed by one border guard, and that was coming back from london ontario when we went to go see the scotties and the border guard would not let us in spent freaking like 25 minutes with her just grilling us because she would not believe that two college age kids would either a go to a curling tournament or b not come back with a whole bunch of alcohol <laughs> yeah the the border person didn't know what curling was and that one already is oh you went to a cur what's curling it's like oh god uh, it's a sport. You know, the Canadian border guard asked us why we were coming to Canada, and we, I said the Scotties, and she's like, have a good time. Yep. You know, just as soon as you, <laughs> Oh, you're going to go to the Scotties. Here's your stuff. Have a good time. U.S. The coming back What's curling? Are you... Would you have anything to declare? No. So what's curling? Really? Uh, do you have anything to declare? No. Yes, somehow during our conversation, I was able to sneak out of our car, go to duty-free, buy some booze, <laughs> and come back. <laughs> Yes, it has been. I, it was. Yeah, no, it was. That was the one border guard who gave us problems. But that—that that was it. All the rest of the time, I've had no problems with border security. Just the one. And <laughs> that was even. Um, I don't
1: think I've ever had problems with border security. Most if of the time, with border totally security people have actually
0: been really nice, um, especially yeah. because I run the Detroit Marathon and that crosses the border twice. So we cross into Canada and then we cross back into the United States, and there are literally like you know DHS people in full gear. No, oh, that's never a reassuring sight. Oh, well, they want to make sure nobody you know tries to to sneak on to the uh, you know sneak across the border while you have you know literally thousands of people streaming across in one big mass. Yeah, they're just you know they're just having fun you know passing the toll booths and the guys like don't worry we already paid your toll we already paid your toll <laughs> so yeah most of the most of the time they're really nice there's always that one bad apple though the
1: one jerk mm-hmm. who doesn't know what
0: curling is yeah so that's that's my that's my border crossing story you got any nope all Nothing
1: right that then. I can think of I mean I'm trying to think how many times I've crossed the border. I just, customs and border protection coming in at an airport is always pretty easy i think i've only crossed the canadian border once twice maybe well a bunch of times for camp but i was not the one that was being interviewed they didn't ask me any questions Mm -hmm. yeah nothing i can't think of anything
0: all right well uh on that lopsided random topic answer that's a wrap this has been another episode of the random access podcast